and I was uh, they had a really bad time getting the the joint reset, and uh, in the process. Um, I had a lot of internal bleeding. In fact, you can see on the x-rays, my arm is like this. And um, there was actually a, a chip the size of a quarter that broke off in the process. They, they were really, they couldn't uh, get the, uh, the, it reset properly. And uh, long story short, uh, kept me in the hospital overnight, um, slept, uh, they, you know, wake you up, woke me up every hour to test the feeling because I'd lost all feeling uh, in this whole area of my arm. And uh, woke up the next morning and did more imaging. Couldn't find the bone chip anywhere. They planned to do surgery in the morning and said, well, you, you don't need surgery. Uh, long story short, two months of uh, physical therapy, exercises and whatnot. And I was able to open my arm to um, about here. And um, if, you, if you're up close, you can actually see I still have a little bit of muscle loss right in this little area. Uh, but after about two months of therapy, I was only able to open up my arm here, and I was told that that was as good as it was going to get. Um, and I said, okay. Um, and so I went and I asked for prayer, um, and I was healed, and I'm able to open up my arm all the way. Um, and I'm grateful for that. Um, and I, I like to tell that story. I'm grateful uh, to be able to open up my arm um, all the way. So uh, let's pray and just ask God to help us as we uh, approach the scripture this morning. <clears throat> God, I thank you uh, for stories, and I thank you that you are alive and well, and I thank you for the words that James uh, wrote. I pray that you would help us to be able to understand them and to apply them to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Nate, if you'll do me forward and uh, skip forward. Um, Okay, so let's, let's read. James is the pastor of the church in Jerusalem. <clears throat> so he's uh, the disciple that stayed um, in Jerusalem from where uh, Jesus sent them. Excuse me just one second. Gonna, feedback is going to make me crazy. Okay, um, <clears throat> so James is the disciple that stayed in Jerusalem, so he's the pastor of the church that's in Jerusalem after the events that we read in Acts, especially Acts 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. And um, he's writing a letter to the believers that are in other parts of the world, other uh, cities that are also Hebrew by birth, um, Israelites. So this um, is towards the end of his letter that he's writing to them. So this is a very unique Thing. This is someone who was a witness of Jesus, um, uh, who heard Jesus' words himself, who was there among those that was told to stay and to pray, and then once they received the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit, to then speak the gospel, speak the truth of what Jesus had communicated, why Jesus walked the earth, and all that Jesus had instructed them. And that included the truth of salvation, that included uh, certainly the truth of healing, um, as we saw with what happens in Jerusalem before the disciples spread out. Um, it also included water baptism. I want to, just by way of announcement, I know we have some of us that are wanting to get water baptized. We are going to do a water baptism this coming Sunday. 
Okay, August 25th, this coming Sunday, we're going to do a water baptism. I know that we're, we're missing a couple people that are wanting to get water baptized. I so want you to know, this coming Sunday, Rebecca, will you wave your hand? Uh, if you will see Rebecca, uh, my beautiful wife, Rebecca, if you will see her, she will give you the details. We'll walk you through um, a short class, a Bible study on water baptism, and I'm looking forward to that. Um, <clears throat> we are tentatively, we're going to schedule it for 6 p.m., Okay, and our friends uh, that use the old Hamden Baptist building, which is just kind of a block and a half that way, have a baptismal. They'll be doing a baptism the same day. We will use their baptismal tank. So we've done this before. Uh, We're excited about it. We'll be doing it again. We're going to shoot for 6 p.m. It would help if you uh, pull up our church Facebook page, facebook.com slash Baltimore, or the Twitter feed just to kind of make sure about the time um, and place. But we will be doing that this coming Sunday. Make sure that you see Rebecca for details. So James is pastoring them, leading them in many of the truths that Jesus taught, and he's wrapping up the letter, and he wraps up the letter with um, some famous words that you probably have heard quoted in different ways, and I just want to read them in context. Is everyone okay? All right. So James chapter 5, verses 13 through 20. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. It's always interesting what he doesn't say, right? He doesn't say you should complain, you should <laughs> tweet about it. If Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray for you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. And we have oil here today. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you've committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. We've talked quite a bit in previous weeks about the faith community, the church, and what that means and how we can serve each other in this way. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. And like the New Living's writing of this, rendering of this, you may be familiar with the effective or effectual prayer of the righteous availeth much. Some of us like, yes, it availeth much. Uh, Let let me try this uh, version as well, a more literal translation of the language uh, James writes in. Prayer of a righteous person, and it's important we understand that, the word righteous person means someone who is in right relationship with God, Okay, you've confessed your sins, you've received forgiveness of sins, and right relationship with others. Okay, That's what he means, that's what that word means. We don't use that word much unless righteous, man. I mean, we don't really use that much, um, so it's important for us to understand what that means. Let me try this again. Prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Continuing verse 17. This is really important. We can't take this out of context. Elijah was a human as we are. And yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. Now I'm going to try to speak in seven minutes. 
There's a lot that we need to learn from this passage. Uh, you may or may not be aware, but documented medical miracles are occurring. I have a friend who saw a documented medical miracle of the healing of AIDS, HIV, in Brazil just um, a couple months ago. Uh, some of us have come to a place of believing that miracles ceased, that God doesn't work that way anymore. Um, I don't find that in my Bible, uh, nor do I find that in Scripture. Uh, and in fact, I don't find in my Bible, nor in human history, that God has stopped the resurrection of the dead. I mean, try to tell that to some in Africa and India that have been raised from the dead in the last couple of years. We have documented cases now, today, this year. Um, but at the same time, as James is writing here, hey, Elijah was a human like us. We don't worship the miracles. Hello? Like Peter says, you know, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. Nor do we worship the person who prays. Jesus himself gave us instruction to not pray in a superstitious way. We don't pray with repetition, thinking that there is power just in the words themselves. Okay, I don't have enough time today to fully develop this biblical thought, but Christian maturity leads us to a place that we don't worship the words, we don't worship the miracle, we don't worship the person praying, we don't worship the healing itself, we worship God. Hello? Now, we believe in healing. We don't believe that that's the end. Right? Hello? Are you with me? So if we draw some brief lessons from this, James writes, if you have a need, ask. Right? We read the story earlier today, the woman with the issue of blood. She just reaches out. Now, if she didn't have any faith, she would not have reached out. Right? She wouldn't have pressed through the crowd because she was in a place with her medical condition of being an outcast, a viewed the same as a lawbreaker, as someone who is far from God. Have you ever felt far from God? So for her to reach out to Jesus, it required faith. James writes, if you have a need, ask. Why do we ask? Because God provides and he also writes that we should serve each other. That's a part of what he's talking about. Confess your sins, encourage each other, love on each other, pray for each other for the forgiveness of sins and for, and for healing. And if we were to break down this passage as a whole, what James is saying is that your prayer demonstrates faith. Just asking God to move, it demonstrates faith. Faith is shown by our prayer. Nate, will you go to the next slide, please? I do think that it's important for us to understand certain biblical principles, okay? Hearing the word, hearing the Bible, initiates your faith, right? Hearing the word is where your faith comes from. Faith comes by hearing. Speaking the word, when you speak the scripture, it activates your faith. One thing that is so important about the words that you say is that you are hearing your own words. And if you wake up saying, today is going to be a lousy day, guess what's going to happen? It's going to be a lousy day. 
speaking the scripture, even when your circumstances don't line up with that kind of positivity, it activates your faith. And then doing the word, taking action, like Ben talked about in his story, uh, we have enough evidence here, we should do something about this. <laughs> doing the word demonstrates your faith. Nate, let's go to the next slide. Now, I wrote out some scripture for you. Is that the next one? Okay. You sure? Okay. Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. And I love this because this is right before the passage where Solomon writes about being diligent to guard the issues of your heart. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. For they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Let's go next. Romans 8.11 The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Now this is Paul writing to believers in the city of Rome who like you didn't know the end of the story but had faith in Jesus. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Just as God raised Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. Amen? Next. Psalm 103, verses 2 through 3. Let all that I am, the psalmist writes a declaration, let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sin and heals all my diseases. Psalm 30, verse 2. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you restored my health. Exodus 15, 26. God speaking. I am the Lord who heals you. Now, when you don't know what to pray, you can initiate, you can activate your faith. The disciples said to Jesus, Lord, we believe, help us in our unbelief, by praying the scriptures. Praying things like, God, I believe that you are the I am who heals me. Right? If some of us have deeper emotional things going on that are harder to heal than the physical things. Hello? Or you get issues that are sometimes in the subconscious. And kind of like an iceberg rising to the surface. And as they kind of rise to the surface and interrupt our daily life, we're aware that there's a problem. Hearing the word initiates faith. Speaking the word activates faith. Doing the word demonstrates faith. When we pray, and here's what I believe, faith helps. Okay? We believe that God's alive, we believe that He's aware, and we believe that faith helps. Now, I don't believe that you can only be healed if you have faith. There's Scripture. We have examples of God even healing unbelievers that weren't asking for it. God can do whatever He wants. So let's not get mixed up. I think faith helps, but let's not let your faith take credit for the miracle. Right? Let's, let's get our theology right. Who is he? God. Well, by nature of who he is, he can do whatever he wants. Right? But faith does help. So if I want to build my faith, then when I pray, here's what I can do. I can build a case. I can pray scripture, and I can pray, God, you healed the guy that Ben prayed for, so you can heal me. 
right? We can build a case. Now, when I build a case in prayer, here's what happens. It brings change to your heart. Okay, we're at eight minutes, but we'll be done soon. Well, it brings change to your heart. It activates your faith and it develops your confidence in God's word and his character. Do I believe what he said? And do I believe that he is who he said he is? When I build a case in prayer, when I recite scripture as I pray, when I quote back to God, and this is, this is a helpful thing. Let me give you an example. It'd be easy for me at times to not believe that God can do the things that I am asking for. Because I tend to ask God for big things. Things that I can't accomplish on my own. Which, just a a word to the wise, a lot of times God doesn't speak with an audible voice about things that are obvious. He wants you to work a job and pay your bills. He won't give you an audible voice, hey, you should go get a job. It's kind of obvious. At the same time, God is not always going to do a miracle for something that you can do yourself. You know, I borrowed $500 from my father. I need to pay him back. God's not giving you the $500. Is anyone awake? What's more helpful is when I ask God to do things that I am not capable of and when I pray with specifics. So, for example, we are wanting to stretch as a church, right? We're wanting to grow. Well, that means that there are things that we are going to need in order to make room for more people that we cannot, we don't really have the ability to do, right? I mean, for me presently, I'm not able to work more hours in a week than I'm already working to earn more money, right? So when I ask God in faith for something that is beyond me, what is helpful is when I say, God, You said, I am the Lord who heals you, and you healed this arm, and now it works right. So I believe you can do things that I'm not capable of doing. Will you please da-da-da-da-da-da? Does that make sense? Let's go next. Now, when you pray, right after Luke 11, disciples say, Jesus teaches how to pray. He says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Right? Right after the Lord's Prayer, what does he say? He tells a story. He tells a story to teach them that they need to pray with patience and persistence. When Paul writes, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, he's actually writing about enduring. He's not saying, I can jump over buildings. What he is saying is I can go through the difficult things that are in my life because it's God who gives me strength. Sometimes I think God does allow normal life stuff or spiritual stuff to come at us to whether it be a physical ailment or an emotional ailment to allow life to be more difficult for us so that we might grow. Are you with me? Now we need to pray with patience and persistence. Ben, pray for a guy. No change. Can I pray for you again? Yes. And pray again. Pray with practical things. Specific things. Pray for things that you can put a name on it. A quantity. Are you with me? And to pray with specifics. I want to wrap up with this thought and then we're going to pray. In Jesus' words... Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He is expressing a truth 
that we need to pray, God, may your name be always kept holy in me. God's name is already holy. It doesn't need you to make it holy. But he's, their disciples are saying, teach us how to pray, because they can see that he knows how to pray. They can see that his prayer works. Teach us how to pray. Lord, let your name be kept holy in me, and let your kingdom, he had already instructed them that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Let your kingdom come, and let your will be done. On earth, that's the whole world, all the stuff that's jacked up that we all see that's wrong, right? I hope you're praying for Egypt. I hope you're praying for Baltimore. I hope you're praying for your own home. God, let your righteousness, peace, and joy come. Your will done in all of me. Now, what does all this mean? Let me try to break it down and close with this thought. It's so easy to let what we see with our eyes, your neighborhood, your bills, your whatever's physically wrong with you, what we feel with our emotions, so easy to let what we see with our eyes and what we feel to become a reality that is functionally more important than God. And we could come to a place of, I believe in God, I'm a Christian, I show up to church, I believe. But the way we behave shows that what, that we believe that what we see with our eyes is more real than God. Are you tracking with me? What is real faith? Real faith is when I still see, I'm not talking about denial. I still see, I still feel something is wrong, right? This knee, this neighborhood, this job, I still see, I still feel that something is wrong. And yet, I believe that God is above it all and is able to change it all. And so when I ask him, I don't pray superstitious prayers, Jesus instructed us, nor do I pray defeated. Nor do I pray in a way that's, oh God, please. As if my straining changes him. But I very simply, with peace and with confidence, say, God, come. That's that Abba Daddy prayer, right? That's what he told us. Are you with me? That's real faith is, God, God, come. Change what I see. Change what's causing me to feel this way. That's it. Do you believe? Okay, let's stand. We're going to sing a couple songs. And we're going to pray. We got, and I want to, um, I know that today is a lunch day. We're all going to share lunch together after um, our time. We brought plenty of food for you, so please don't take off. Um, And I know that you may be tempted to want to go set up the lunch. I want to close our time of prayer um, 
with uh, just kind of brief announcements. So please don't don't take off. But we're going to sing, and we're going to pray. And we're going to give people opportunity to receive prayer for healing. Now, if you want to get started as soon as we start singing, you just feel free to reach out to the person next to you and ask him for prayer. We have several people here that that need miracles, that like the, the, the woman with the issue of blood, the doctor's tools have been exhausted. And I want to say, I believe in medicine. I believe that God gave us a brain that could figure out that certain plants and certain techniques and eating right and certain things could bring healing. I believe that God provides us medicine and I believe we need to use common sense and we need to use medicine. But I've also lived long enough to know that there are times where medicine is done. Where there are things that medicine can't heal. And so we're just going to ask God to, to do miracles. And if you're here and you need healing in emotional and spiritual ways, it's time to say, God, come. God come. Amen? Okay. We're going to go. Um, healing is here. Yeah. Healing is here. We're going to sing Healing is here.